to Romancing the Screen, Bearing It All with Intimacy Coordinators, Actors, and Crew. My name is Annie Spong. I'm an Intimacy Coordinator with my colleague. I'm Catherine O'Keefe. I'm an Intimacy Coordinator. We decided today we were going to do an episode on some of the questions that you guys have sent in. Um, Lighthearted questions, general questions, and then there's more in-depth questions. We'll We're not quite sure how far we're going to get into this today, but we will circle back and do another episode with questions um, so we can fulfill this request. Unfortunately, Rachel could not be here today, but we're going to miss her and we will do our best to bring the spirit of Rachel into this episode. (laughs) Yep. And we have Adam with us and I think he's going to voice the questions for us. Hello, I will be the voice of the listener audience. Um, non-intimacy coordinator crowd, I guess, which is the minority on the show. Um, So I guess we can jump right in. One of the biggest questions people seem to have about the profession is how naked are people actually on set? And are they actually touching each other? Are they actually having sex on set? No. (laughs) It is simulated sex always. Um, A thing I always tell people is the Supreme Court says they don't know how to define pornography, but SAG actually does have a definition. It's any time you have a person's genitals touching another person, which you cannot do. That is like the big sort of like no-no. Like you can't have genitals touch each other and you can't have a person's genitals touch any other part of a person or sorry to be a little gross any fluids from a person's genitals cannot touch another person so like those are all kind of like hard safety lines which means anytime you're in a scene with another actor and you're touching each other if you're simulating full nudity you're going to be wearing like coverings over your genitals if you want to annie is probably the one with the most experience because she's been a costume designer for a very long time and an intimacy coordinator so i feel like this question is mostly you So just to back up, Adam, and just to like, you know, restate the questions, are actors nude on set? The answer is sometimes. And depending on the framing and in which the scene requires, um, that nudity is potential. Yes. Um, But if it is not required for the scene, meaning that it's implied or that um, maybe we're only going to see waist up, then we wouldn't see full nudity. We would see implied nudity from the waist down. So that variable depends on the scene. And that goes scene by scene. Oftentimes, if there's a scene that Catherine and I have broken down and the actor says, "We, I'd like them nude, I will say, where do you see the framing being? And if he says it's just head and shoulders, I'm like, okay, so there's no reason for them to be nude. Is that correct? <laughs> so sometimes I have to go back and clarify. If the framing is just head and shoulders or back, then we can mask the rest of the the bodies so they're not nude on set. And then the, the second part of your question is, are people really having sex? The answer is no. This is all simulated sex. 
And by way of that, it means that there are protections in place, like Catherine outlined, that SAG-AFTRA has created some definitions around and guidelines around what safety is in terms of genitalia and body parts touching other body parts. And that is not something that we engage in. That's a whole different uh, job. Very occasionally. So I'd say the vast, vast majority of the work that both of us do, if people are talking about nudity, it's usually talking about topless or what we call rigor nudity. So it's one of those things like we do often kind of mask it as Annie was talking or so, you know, we'll like show it fully. When it comes to like full frontal, that's a lot more rare. And generally, now as a viewer, you can watch out for it. It's only going to happen if an actor is by themselves or like not touching another person. So I feel like I remember the very first time I worked with full frontal nudity was actually an actress playing a dead body where she was just lying on a slab. Um, because generally, like full frontal, you're only going to do if there's no chance that another person could accidentally touch them. Also, if you're seeing male full frontal nudity, it's almost always a prosthetic. It doesn't have to be, but almost every time I have done male full frontal nudity, which is probably like seven, eight, maybe nine times, they've all been prosthetics. Um, because I would say directors think it's very, very funny to either make a penis look very small or very large. That's it. That's always the joke, one or the other. Yeah, there's usually some motivation in that, that they want to control that and also take away any sort of embarrassment or discomfort from for the actor. So oftentimes that's an offering, like let's use a prosthetic just so that you're not exposed in that way. And just to go back a little bit around masking and what that means, it means that there'll be some sort of a mask on a figure means there'll be some sort of barrier or physical covering, covering nipples or genitalia or uh, the buttocks. And those are a variety of different garments. If it's, if we're shooting around it, um, they could be flesh colored, uh, modesty garments that are covering the genital areas and nipples, or if we're not seeing it all being if it's from the rear and we're not seeing the front, it could be an actual garment they're wearing on the front that covers them, gives people protections. I one time worked with an actress who was just felt a little nervous about having her stomach out in front of the crew. And it wasn't a scene we were doing in the front. So we actually just cut up a T-shirt and taped the sort of like full like tank top, but taped to her. And she felt a lot more comfortable. It really worked. Yeah. I mean, there's so many we have, as you know, it's like we have to get very creative about how to provide a level of comfort and safety for actors so that they can actually be in the creative spirit and perform. Absolutely. And when I say we, I wish I remembered the person names. It was a wonderful onset costumer who did that as we talked it through, not to take credit for her work. <laughs> Yay, costumers. All right, Adam, what do we got next? So kind of in the spirit of costumes, what about in between takes? Um, is that just like a robe situation? Is that a unique for every set situation with a kind of cut shirt like you were mentioning? Uh, how, how does that kind of work in between takes, especially if there are kind of those unique gadgets that may have to be used? Well, in between takes, Adam, typically always, I should say, it should be a closed set whenever there's nudity. So in that regard, I will work with the AD to make sure before anybody enters that set, when they call cut, 
is that myself and a customer enters and provides a robe or a garment to cover the actors because typically between takes there's going to be all sorts of lighting adjustments props you know and all sorts of hair and makeup adjustments so we want the actors comfortable and covered so that whatever direction is coming to them and the people that are working around them are safe and comfortable to to do their jobs I'd say that the one exception to robes is oftentimes if I'm doing a scene where they're in bed, actors, instead of wanting to get robed up, will be like, can I just pull the sheet up? That does happen a lot, which that's totally fine. Yeah, that's very true. They'll be like, can we just stay in bed? (laughs) Yeah, they just, they don't want to have to get, you know, get horizontal, get vertical. No, thanks. Yeah. Questions to you, Adam. What's next? Kind of going off of that as well, what about, uh, I think we mentioned this briefly in the past, but what about if an actor is totally fine with being naked and doesn't mind not being covered? Um, I know you mentioned the safety and comfort of the actor, uh, other actors and crew, uh, but how exactly does that go about if they are kind of in the mindset of you know, free and free and flowing, I guess, on this in the literal sense. Um, generally, we would ask the actor to wear a robe. This is something that happens occasionally. Um, I've noticed, uh, to me, it's actually happened the most when we've had actors who come from like an adult film background who are working on set where like the rules are just a bit different. But, you know, I think at least I always approach this as like, this is a professional environment. The nudity is like serving an artistic purpose. It is... I just think it helps keep that professional environment for everyone if, like, we're only using nudity to sort of, like, serve that artistic purpose and people are remaining clothed otherwise. Because, you know, like, if we flipped it, it would not be great if a crew member was naked and doing their job. You know, like, we do try to... Which, uh, actually, one that came up for me um, was how closed crew members have to be while filming scenes in water. Like I had an actress who was very upset and uncomfortable because she was doing an intimate scene in a pool and a bunch of the guys, like the guys in the pool holding the cameras, two of them weren't wearing shirts, which, you know, that was a, was a difficult one to navigate. Hmm, that's interesting. And yes, uh, just to circle back, the, there are circumstances and times when the actor is very comfortable in their body and very comfortable with their their nudity and are completely fine they're like don't worry I'm totally fine I'm like and you know our role is to make sure that the set is safe and that people all around them are comfortable and safe doing their jobs and so in that vein I will you know, communicate that information to the actor that it's not that I don't feel they're comfortable or beautiful or should be allowed to be exactly who they are, but that there are other people in this working environment. We need to be sensitive to everybody. I think it's just about like upholding a standard of professionalism that we just expect everyone to uphold within these very unique, specialized circumstances, because a lot of people never have to be professional in situations where someone is naked. Like, I think when there are these sort of like unique ways that we don't have like a cultural idea of how to be professional, it's like important that we all kind of like are hitting the same standard. Yeah, 100%. So how, this is another one that uh, a surprising amount of people wanted to know, how are butt doubles chosen? Are they just body doubles? Are they uh, 
people specific for that one shot? How does that kind of work? Are they just waiting by the phone to get a call because they look like Matt Damon or something? How does that work for you uh, from your perspective? <laughs> this is one of the things that I actually didn't know until I started doing this job um, is that body doubles, you can only hire them if like the actor signs off. So like when I worked on a show where we used a body double, the lead actress was sent, I think like four or five body doubles in swimsuits is what they were wearing. And she picked the one that she thought looked the most like she wanted the butt double to look. Um, And then for all of the writers, um, so both the actor and the body double signs them. They have to match. Like both people have to sign off the person whose body is being represented and the person whose actual body is being shown. Yeah, and by that, by that, Catherine means that the the same legal rules around exposure and what we're seeing go for the body double as well as the actor, and they have the equal provisions provided for them. So there is, there's not just a call in the morning and a body double shows up in a scene. They too have a 48 hour rule, meaning they're going to get this writer, this legal document that's going to state exactly what exposure and what they've agreed to. And that needs to be presented to the actor and the body double 45, sorry, 48 hours prior to shooting. And, um, and, you know, yes, Catherine's right. How are they chosen? Very often the actor or actress will choose somebody that they would like to represent how they might look in a nude scene of their body. Are they present when the body double is doing the scene? No, typically no. Yeah, not usually. That would be very rare. Mm. The time, so like one time I worked on a show where there was a body double and also like shots of the actress's face and we just did everything with the actress first and then she wrapped and we used the body double for the rest of the take. And I think that's pretty typical. Yeah, that's been my experience too. Awesome. And I guess just to wrap this up uh, on this quick questions episode, if you had to summarize the job and goal of being an intimacy coordinator in three or four words, what words would you pick? Mm. Safety, consent, and advocacy. Those are really good ones. For me, I think it would be communication. I'm going to try not to repeat any of Annie's. I also think safety and consent are very important, just to be clear. (laughs) Um, But communication, artistry, and professionalism. Great. I sorry, I made it difficult for you. <laughs> no, you to be I think we agree on each other's words, just to be clear. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Key to the job. Absolutely. Thank you, Catherine and Adam, for your fun in, you know, answering some of these questions that we get handed all the time. Like, how does this work? So it's fun to begin to dive into some of those. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on all social media platforms at Romancing the Screen Pod or email us at romancingthescreenpod at gmail.com.